Have you ever wanted an instruction manual for your life? Something that went over the stuff that isn't always obvious? Or even some of the stuff that is? My name is Sarah Ramsey. I'm a singer, voice, performance, and growth coach, and I've spent a lifetime open to the lessons behind our experiences and seeking out pathways to becoming more enlightened, better humans. And I'm Dr. Stefan Rabnett. I've been a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine for over 20 years, and I'm also a Jay Shetty certified life coach. I've long been fascinated with our human superpowers, the ones we don't quite have the instruction manual for, and I'm forever curious about how we can unlock them. Welcome to This Big Life Podcast, where we have deeper conversations about the nature of existence, our place in it, and how we can leverage these things to create the life we want. Basically, we're bringing the woo-woo to you, you. But don't worry, we don't take ourselves too seriously. So we're here today and we are going to talk about the tools that we use to evaluate the situations in our lives. So um, that can be physical tools, that can be um, internal physical tools, uh, intuition, things like that, or external things like pulling cards and, you know, tarot and runes and whatever. It, it can go all over the map, but we all have some guidance system that we use that goes beyond just our brains to evaluate the situations that we come across every day. And a lot of it happens unconsciously for a lot of people, I think. And so we're talking about what those tools are so that we can maybe use them a little bit more consciously. Yeah, I love this topic because it, it embodies this paradox of it's really easy and really hard. Like it seems really easy because it's just like, well, is it light or heavy or yes or no? Or, um, you know, what type of guidance, but it, there's also a lot of blocks. I think we all have with these internal guidance systems. And uh, so I, I love this topic because of those reasons. It really kind of packs a lot into it. And um, it really starts to look at our, relationship with trust. So yes. I think, you know, this is a great thing just to kind of dive into. So I guess first question for you, Sarah, is like, what is kind of one system that you like? Like, what's kind of one kind of knowing tool that you've used before? The one that I am currently working with, like, pretty specifically, pretty intentionally, um, and of course, the biggest challenge for me is to remember to do it <laughs> on a on a you know day by day case by case kind of basis. Um, but what I'm working with is really how things feel in my body because to me that's actually the best tool. Um, I've tried lots of different things over the years, but that's the one that feels best. I think my body and I don't think I'm alone I think my body knows at a different speed with different pathways than your brain knows and sometimes what your body says and what your brain says are not the same thing so that's where like you were talking about that the issue of trust becomes real but so for me I've been um learning a lot about the human design system so it sort of grew out of that um, I happen to be a manifesting generator and there's the uh, sacral authority. That's what they call it. That's your authority. So the way they describe it in human design is that you're going to feel um, that correlates to your root chakra. So it's like quite low and you're going to feel uh, a, a pull or a, they actually talk about hearing a sound, uh-huh, or uh-uh, which is 100% not what happens in my body. <laughs> but what I have really played around with to figure out what that feels like in, in my body. And when things are a yes or a good fit, that feels to me like everything 
relaxes down and expands in my like sort of belly and pelvis area. It's, it's all, it's this really grounded feeling of expansiveness and relaxation. And when things are not a good fit, it's the opposite. Everything feels like it pulls up and constricts and it starts to feel like tight in my chest or my stomach. Cool. That's so, a good description. Yeah, yeah I that, like that. So if you, can you generally use that like on demand, like E, like, or do you, does it certain things that really kind of be like, you just suddenly get that feeling or can you kind of elicit it by question? Uh, for me, it is my best guess is that it happens all the time. I'm just not aware enough of it to notice it. Mm-hmm. So for me, it is definitely in response to stopping and getting still and quiet and listening to my body and asking specific questions. Um, but I, I don't think it's because it doesn't happen all the time. I think it's because I'm not tuned into it. Gotcha. Totally. So it's yeah. like the question is almost like tuning into it to be like, okay, yeah. what do I feel? So it's real directional shift. And I guess, yeah, people are like that. Like they, what are those all the clairs, right? Like clairaudient, claircognizant, clairvoyant, clairsentient is like all the kind of different ways that we have, I guess, knowing that's beyond that kind of the sum of the parts type of thing. So I guess that would almost be like a, like a feeling, like it seems like it's a directional feeling for you that you feel in your body, like kind of, as you described, like kind of a low and relaxed or like kind of an up and tight type of one. That's really cool. Very somatic experience for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Do you, do you ever doubt it? Absolutely. (laughs) So that's the journey right there. Like you nailed it. That's the journey is um, learning to trust it. Yeah. Because And it's all happening at a pretty interesting time in my life when a lot of things are shifting and there's a lot of renegotiation with trust in myself, ultimately. And um, so it's what I find is that when there are things in my life that happen where I've gotten that clear body sense of what direction it needs to go, but I don't trust it. I'm scared to go in the direction that I know feels right but there's you know lots of logical things that aren't right about that or or uh, there's lots of logical and rational reasons that are hurdles that that make it really hard to trust that that's the right direction to go mm-hmm. when i don't move in the direction that I know that my body is telling me is the correct one to go, then (laughs) life has a funny way of just moving me in that direction anyway. Um, You know, things happen in my life through outside forces often that, that catapult me in that direction that I was having trouble trusting. And the interesting thing for me is that the response I feel to that is it helps me develop a greater sense of trust that my body actually did know what was right. My mind was scared to go in that direction. But now that I'm here, my body was right all along. So maybe the next time don't fight it or don't fight it so hard or so long. And, and so it's, it is definitely helping me when those things happen and, um, life just sort of puts you in that place anyway, it actually is helping me cultivate a sense of trust in what my body knows um, and and less, fewer reservations around doing it for myself the next time. That's really cool. Yeah, I like that because that's true. Like your knowing is there, right? And that's Mm -hmm. the confirmation with it. Yeah, I find sometimes I avoid... So I guess kind of to preface that, like I'm I'm the same way, like the lighter heavy... Um, uh, is one of those things that if, 
I get my mind out of the way, obviously it's a little bit easier. For me, it's a directional shift. Like I feel like my body leaning forward for a bit of a kind of yes and like a, a potentially leaning back with a little bit of a maybe not so yes type of thing. Uh, I studied you can a lot go of, ahead and say it and just say it's it's a no. It's a no. <laughs> hey, come on. I want to be positive here, but it's true, right? Again, that's an interesting hey, thing. No is a really things. positive thing. It's no true. is a really positive thing because it makes way for the yes. Yeah, that's right, actually. And I think, again, because and it's, it's interesting, like I know that my things with decisiveness and jumping in and choosing yes or no or making a choice A or B, I've had kind of resistance to. And I think that that's kind of played into this like internal guidance system. And, you know, I think, again, that's what we all bring our staff to this relationship with our kind of background knowing. And I think it's what you said is like, there is way more background knowing than like kind of foreground knowing. Like our brains have to filter so much. Like we're exposed to so many stimuli constantly all the time. Like, you know, you're getting a message from your socks right now, if you're wearing socks, but your brain kind of filters that out because you don't need to know it. But that happens with everything in life, kind of fitting our patterns and stuff. But that all that data is in the background. And I think when we kind of ask and use these tools, we're accessing that kind of pool of data that's kind of in the background there. But still, it's a challenge. Like when I went through courses and doing like, okay, well, just feel, is it light or heavy? I'd be like, ah, both. I don't know, neither. Yeah. <laughs> and then you kind of get to it. But what I found was interesting is I would always kind of know, and it was almost instantaneous. And it's kind of like one of those things you almost no, and at least the case is for me, you kind of quote unquote, no, almost instantaneously. And you kind of then notice your body kind of being kind of following suit. But the times where I've told myself, well, I don't know, it's both. If I slow down and ask myself again, okay, do I really know you get a sense, right? And the other thing that I find is sometimes like I will trust it most if almost I don't want to ask a question. So if like, you know, if I'm going through a period with health and being like, okay, body, like, what do you want? You know, like, I know, like, if I'm looking at like yesterday at a bakery, it's just like glorious cinnamon bun right there. Like wonderful, <laughs> like spectacular cinnamon bun curled to perfection, wonderful icing, just a subtle icing mm. on top, you know? And it's just like, I know the part of I'm, I'm going through with my relationship with bread, which is a whole other tangent. That we, <laughs> we can do a whole I other were, episode on that. A whole other episode. If I were to slow down and be like, um, uh, I want like, okay, body, do I want that cinnamon bun? And then really have to go with the kind of yes or no, I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to know. So I was feel so I wouldn't even ask. Mm -hmm. So I find it interesting that there's often times that like my guidance system, it's almost like you say, kind of wants to be asked, but I don't because I'm resistant. I'm like that little toddler that doesn't want to give up a toy, even though they know they have to. And um, I, I think that's interesting because I, I put trust into different categories. So it's like, I will, if I want to avoid something, I almost will trust the tool, like, oh, it's going to tell me no, and I trust it will or somehow. And in and of itself, though, that dialogue then comes up being a little bit of a guidance system. So mm -hmm. for me, I noticed yesterday, like this kind of like, okay, well, I don't want to ask because, you know, I just want that cinnamon bun. But then maybe that I'm having this dialogue is basically kind of my body's way of just saying like, hey, and I didn't get the cinnamon bun. I'm mm -hmm. going to at some point go back and get that cinnamon bun. Like, <laughs> that's good. I've been thinking about it. But, but you pick moment, your battles. And I trusted it was right. And actually, in hindsight, I know it was like just kind of how I am and stuff. So I think it is a very interesting journey. And I think we use exactly as you said, like we use these guidance systems, even when we don't kind of know we're really using these kind of guidance systems. But they can be an incredibly powerful tool for us when we do um, let ourselves play with it. Yeah. And I think where, in my experience, 
if there's a significance to the question I'm asking, like if there's a huge, big life choice of A or B, and I'm trying to be like, okay, internal guidance system, does this feel light? Does this feel heavy? It's harder to get clarity. I think significance clouds perception. So one yep. way I like to try to, to develop it is like with stuff that doesn't really matter, you know, like either like your clothes, or if you have an option of like oatmeal or toast in the morning, um, but I think clothes are cool because well, come on, clothes. that's back to your relationship with bread. So <laughs> okay, okay. So cinnamon bread, <laughs> cinnamon toast, perfectly toasted with a little bit of butter or a smoothie. So, but but the thing is, the problem with me is, is that significant, right? Because yeah. I love yeah. bread. But if it was too, I, I think we it's almost like kind of learning to exercise a muscle, and it's helpful to do in areas that aren't don't have a lot of charge so if you have like a couple of shirts that you could wear that really who cares either way but you could ask and slow down i think that's a good way we start to get that little bit of just like oh maybe or then like oh no and then we because we forget about it we put on the shirt and we go and then it doesn't really matter but we start to really exercise that muscle so that when the more kind of significant or pertinent things kind of come around, yeah. then it's a little bit easier to be like, okay, you know, I'm just doing this. I can kind of feel this kind of yes or no, that type of thing. And, when I uh, started, yeah. when I started reading about the, you know, learning in, about human design and reading about what that response was theoretically supposed to be in my body, that is exactly what I did to be able to identify what that felt like in my body when it was, you know, yeah. Do you want the green shirt or the blue shirt? Or should I, cool. you know, wear sandals or runners or, you know, whatever, like you're exactly insignificant questions, but it was the um, act of stopping and slowing down and asking those questions that actually allowed me to learn what the yes felt like in my body and what the no felt like in my body. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, cause we go, one of the big subconscious patterns that we have is reaction, right? Yeah. So we kind of like, or, like, a, like a kind of like almost, and that could be different for everybody, but whether or not that reaction is um, doubt or, um, just a disconnect, it can be a lot of different things then when we're slowing down to ask, we're more likely to not be in reaction because we're in like a present state and like kind of different levels of a brain can kind of talk to each other. And it's interesting because I think um, the reactions kind of tell us a lot in terms of what our bodies in a way kind of working through, right? Because we mm -hmm. all have different reactions based mm -hmm. on our past experiences and life and, and all different types of things. And I know for me, there's a reaction of like, oh, don't trust. And I also know that that reaction, I come by honestly, right? As mm -hmm. we all do mm -hmm. with all of our little programs and stuff, right? We have that part of our brain that just wants to keep us alive, right? And it's learned, like everybody's learned that there's certain situations that, you know, aren't necessarily going to be conducive to that. So we learn these reactions as a kind of a self-preservation thing. So I, I personally am a fan of kind of trying to honor the reactions by being like, okay, yeah, you know what? That part, you're doing the best you can. You're trying to have my back, but I want to kind of go in a different direction here. Um, I, I think that that's actually a, a really important point. And um it's a thing that we probably all need to do a bit of <laughs> detangling of, but I know for me, someone who's struggled with disordered eating for most of my life, like really since I was about nine, like my biggest struggle has been with compulsive overeating. There have been forays down other alleys and <laughs> into other lands, but that is the, the primary one that I struggle with. And um, shifting the perception for myself that although in and of itself, compulsion isn't great, overeating isn't great. In fact, at the time that those habits were developed, that was the best way that my body knew how to keep me safe from whatever was going on in my world. 
Totally. The fact that those circumstances are not um, still current circumstances and I could choose different behaviors to keep me safe, that there's still patterning around what you learned, especially as a younger person, um, where it was the harmful things that, but it was actually what kept you the most safe. Totally. That is a really good, like kind of definition of what a reaction is. Like that's really yeah. well said, right? Cause it's just, cause the reaction is based on stuff in the past and not like us in the current yep. kind of aspect of stuff. And yeah, I think the, um, one analogy I've always kind of liked is like, you know, like we're each a company or like a business and like you, you know, the, um, the, the Sarah corporation, so to speak, you got a little board of directors, board of directors. Mm -hmm. And one of the board of directors has been excessively relied upon. And that's your logical protective mind, right? So mm -hmm. it had to, in the way, do the work for everybody. It's trying to keep the company afloat. It's kind of very narrow focused in the immediate because it has to be. And I think our journey, and this is like this light and heavy is a good kind of example of it, is we're allowing the other kind of seats of the board of directors to kind of come up. So it's not even about necessarily totally quieting the, the board, the one person or the one kind of voice, so to speak, that's kind of gotten us to this point and saved, like kind of really in a way kind of saved us and kept us alive. It's really about allowing those other seats to come to the table and be strong. And that's kind of that intuitive aspect, that light and heavy aspect. And I think, and I know we all have our lenses, which we look stuff, look, look, look through stuff. And one of mine is, is judgment, but I still feel like the more I don't judge the fact that I still do things, even though I know logically I shouldn't, I either based in reaction, but if I don't judge the fact that I'm still reacting, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have a better chance of that reaction kind of slipping away. But that judgment kind of, if I'm just like, oh, Stephen, you know, you should know better than to react and like, blah, 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 you meditated yeah. even today, like whatever that kind of dialogue is it's contraction and that just solidifies the reaction even more because that background software program of mine is just like, well, shit, we got to. Oh no. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear me, but you've cut out. I guess that's, you know, sometimes our communication is a little um, interesting. Right. And that's kind of yeah, what yeah. you're talking about is like yeah. sometimes that communication with that knowing kind of intuitive sense that part of us that is aware of everything. Sometimes it's the connection is a little bit spotty, even though we don't yep. anticipate to be. Yep. So <laughs> I just got to roll with it. And I think <laughs> I, this is my, this is more of a philosophical thing, but I think at the end of the day, this is, one thing that I tell myself, and I do believe that there's no, there's never a wrong choice. Nope. And again, I use this, I think, to take significance off of choosing because, you know, as I mentioned, I'm like, I can be Mr. Sit on the fence kind of, oh, I don't want to be there. Well, mm -hmm. what over there? Um, and kind of one of the things I've developed to kind of counter that is that point of view that there's no such thing as a wrong choice. And I do believe that. But I does agree. It, that doesn't mean we would consistently choose the same thing, right? We can still learn about stuff and, and whatnot. <laughs> but if I look at things that there's no wrong choice, then it's easier just to kind of, in a way, leap. And mm -hmm. I think sometimes when we're trying to get like, okay, is it lighter, heavier? Is it this? You know, like, I don't know. It's like, okay. What, what, da, 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 da. And then it's just like jump, right? And see what yeah. direction you go. And knowing that there's no wrongness, no matter where you are, there's always the ability, though, to choose again. So um, that is what our little internet outage there taught me just now. <laughs> I agree. And I, I, I mean, this is just before you, your Wi-Fi cut out. I think this is kind of what you were talking about. And, and that's that removing um, significance or resistance um that that brings us into the whole subject of allowing which as like we're going to do a whole other op ep episode that's right episode an episode. episode um 
on allowing and, and the role that takes. But I do think that that is um, a huge piece of that, which involves being able to trust. Yes, but yeah, I, I think that that is the, the place where I know for myself, where there are pieces in my life that I'm, um, where there are things that I want to shift. Yeah. I, I first have to be able to allow what is right now. So, yeah. you know, even be, being able to allow what's going on right now and actually even develop a bit of a sense of gratitude for it um, before I can shift anything. Um, yeah, but that's that's getting a little off topic. It's probably no, a whole other episode there, but yeah, no, absolutely. There's uh, and one will definitely do because and a lot of this stuff will kind of flow together. Yep. But in essence, you know, being an allowance is is also being an allowance of our knowing. So that's a part of it, right? And because uh, that's part of the not putting significance also on what we choose. Because there's there's I think there's there's a few things involved. Like we have that the blocks of we have the blocks of um of, of the cat you know, why we wouldn't around. trust and then we have the blocks of the significance of what a or b would lead to yeah and i think we do that a lot too like okay especially if it's big stuff like you, you, people talk about like with relationships right like mm. if people are going through and they're evolving through relationships and they'll try to be like well if it feels light to take one path well, what does that mean? Like, what? Well, oh my gosh! Like, if they're together, do they, oh, what does that mean? Like, if they have kids, and you know, very real yeah. things that are worth consideration. But sometimes, then we're not in the right now when we're doing that because mm -hmm. we're like, okay, well, if we go down this path, that's what it's going to look like a year for you know, like, and that can then freeze us in a way because it Absolutely. becomes significant. It becomes again like that aspect of significance. So. Yeah, I think um, it is, I think it's one of these things that it's good to talk about, obviously, because talking about anything, you're starting to see where you do get a little bit more of these little resistant pieces yeah. in different spots. Yeah. And um, that kind of really feeling with and going with those internal guidance systems is good for not only the little knowing nuggets that you get that'll hopefully like kind of push you forward with respect to life, but also as just a tool in and of itself to see where we're still sticky, right? Mm -hmm. To see where we're still sticky about stuff. And we're all sticky, like oh, as yes. humans, that's what we are, <laughs> right? We have little sticky bits to us. So anyways, I do, um, I, I think... And I keep coming back to this. And I, again, this is one of these, my sticky bits is that aspect of like significance and the, how much for me, that is probably one of the biggest clouds to both my allowance and intuition is that aspect of significance. And for me, significance by nature is all about not the present because that's mm -hmm. how it is significant either based on stories from the past or potential worry for the future so mm -hmm. um yeah and also i'm not gonna make significant significant and so we can <laughs> kind of just, but that's it too i could get stuck and then it's all about this like i it's it's an interesting so, aspect do you feel like when you are able to um let go of the significance to some degree that you are better able to hear your intuition? 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's just there, right? Significance is like earmuffs. You know, they just kind of, yeah. they, 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 it muffles everything. And it's okay. It's by design. And I, you know, I've experienced it. Um, you know, if uh, even significance is a barrier to our logic as well. Right. We oh, just yeah. don't see clearly. Like I remember one time, you know, with Leo, <laughs> I've got a, I've got a four-year-old and he was, 
he got, he had a little mini seizure. It was totally okay. But in that moment, I didn't know. And as a professional, like I've done like kind of Chinese medicine and herbs for seizures and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I remember like drawing, like going to the hospital and being like, trying to figure out like what formula I could do. And I couldn't, I could not, Mm -hmm. where if it was somebody else's child, like obviously, but I would be used to it. And I, I could have some sort of mental clarity be like, okay, logically, this is what we would do. But because there's nothing really more significant than your child, I was absolutely dumb. Like I couldn't function. Like I was just like, I I don't know. Like, and and I really didn't. And it was because of that aspect of significance. So for me again, like significance, not only clouds my access to my intuition, it also clouds the access I have to the logical cognitive knowledge Mm -hmm. I have as well. So it is just a full spectrum earmuffs, blindfolds, <laughs> go in some blanket, whatever that is. It, I'm going to go with that. It's a blanket. Significance yeah. is a wet, heavy blanket. And it usually doesn't smell very good. <laughs> it's kind of moldy and musty. <laughs> Can you tell right, I have a dog two, is that I, reference I, points? Anyways, go ahead. I, yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. I've got two questions for you. Okay. So when we're talking about tuning into our, um, intuitive places however those manifest and they i mean that's the next question we're going to talk about the external ones because for some people it's you know maybe that's a better tool than the internal ones but the when we're tuning into those places of intuition and knowing in ourselves how much do you feel like the language in which we frame the questions matters oh good question uh it does and it doesn't. So it does, because I think, again, whatever language we use is going to have those other little bits potentially tied to it, like of significance, of different things. So um, the, I think, and the other thing I find is if I use the question why, it's not I will almost do it under the guise of, of trying to get intuition or insight with why, but mm-hmm. that's just for my mind. A why is like a story. It's not like kind of a real like A or B, yes or no, light or heavy thing. I, I yes. very feel much. I very feel much. I feel very much like intuition is a yes or no paradigm. Yeah. It's an A or B, black or white, yes or no Um it, it is choosing between two opposites, not yeah. um, not navigating the details of the the trip. <laughs> totally. It just, it, it isn't, it's an is, right? Like it's like yeah. a knowing it is timeless. And because of that, it is like, it is like that aspect of black or white, even though, you know, it probably includes both, but there is that kind of aspect yeah. of it. So it's not a story. Like intuition isn't like a story. Um, but yeah, I do think that the language, the language matters, but it's our relationship to the language that makes it matter in a way, right? Like, I'm not sure there's a fail safe kind of way to be like, okay, well, this is the perfect language to use and this is going to work with everybody. So I I'm referring to like, when you were talking about trying to tune into your intuition around the cinnamon bun. Yeah. The phrase that you used for the question that you asked yourself was, okay, body, do I want this cinnamon bun? To me, when I hear that, now this is the attachment I put on the language. To me, the answer to that is, hell yeah, I want the cinnamon bun. To me, the question is, can I eat the cinnamon bun? Or should I eat, like, you know what I mean? So it's a difference between, I mean, yes, I desire that to eat that cinnamon bun but is that cinnamon bun good for my body oh good one sarah i like that yeah i feel like those are not necessarily the same question and yes it can be the significance you put on the language but that's kind of what i'm getting at around how you frame the question i think you're totally right because like when you say the word want i already like it's a it's like a kind of visceral kind of i i'm coming at it differently the question that I would like to ask myself was, will this cinnamon bun contribute to me? You know, there you go. Con- contribute to me uh, in a positive way. 
and knowing that there could be a yes, right? Because believe me, cinnamon, cinnamon buns have contributed to me before. There and is a place for they all the ice cream and all the cinnamon buns totally. and all that. There is a place for that. It just isn't an all the time, every day place. Absolutely. Because it's interesting because I think the word want is different. And I, because what else like comes up when you mention the word um, want? And I know we can use a want a lot of different ways, but mm-hmm. there's one way that I use want it's almost like I realized for me synonymous with blocking something else. So it's like if I'm wanting or like like there's a there's a pull or something that there's a want that it's almost like I'm avoiding something like a feeling ah, or something like mm-hmm. that, right? So I think that kind of comes down to like I could be like, why am I after the cinnamon bun, right? And there's no mm-hmm. wrong answer, but it may be you know, if I'm looking at it from that frame of like, quote unquote, wanting it is like, okay, well, what am I trying to distract myself from by eating this and give me a little bit of like a doughy dopamine hit from this like yep. glorious thing here. Um, but that's interesting. So yeah, language really does. And I think what you just made a good example of is we don't often realize how much we're framing things with our language. Because I didn't even notice I used the word want, right? Once again, that's actually a whole episode in and of itself. And it's something that I talk to students about all the time. Uh, You know, as as a voice coach, I'm working with people who are performers and listening to the way they talk about themselves and where their their blocks are or their hurdles are is so often it is so very uh down pudding mm-hmm. and and we talk a lot about you have your words matter your mm-hmm. words really matter and how mm-hmm. you talk about yourself anyway that's uh going off on another tangent as well but i fully agree that words really matter because they frame things in our brain and they can cement pathways in our brain exactly yeah so it's sometimes i think when we're going with that kind of intuitive, lighter, heavier, trying to get that internal guidance system, you know, there, how it's framed, we can, there's lots of things we're doing that makes that connection to that knowing easier or more challenging. Mm -hmm. And language is a big factor with respect. Is this going to be an easy communication with this little knowing, the little internal guidance system? Iggs, Iggy. I'm going to call mine Iggy for now. <laughs> Internal guidance system. Iggy, maybe Iggy. I don't know. Whatever. I like it. Anyways. I like it. <laughs> um, is, is the language I use to address it. Right. Yeah. And it's, and, but we all, speaking of another kind of topic we'll get into is we all have cognitive bias. We all mm-hmm. don't know what we don't know. And I think you'd really hit the nail on the head there is language is a big part of our cognitive bias. We're not really always aware of the language we're using. And I think that that can go a long way in the sense that it's an opportunity for us to really foster our relationship with our knowing if we are aware of our language. One, because mm-hmm. of the language. Two, because you got to slow fuck down enough mm-hmm. to be conscious of your language. And I think that, again, everything we slow down creates a little bit of a space where the reactivity bits are a little less overwhelming. Right? Yeah. So I think that that's a really good one. I really like that, Sarah. Yeah. I also think that Oh, there's just so many things I want to say. Damn. <laughs> um, th- so I also think that uh, when we're talking about language and accessing our intuition, there are times where I ask a very specific yes or no question. And there are times where I'm just thinking about a situation and trying to figure out like whether that's a good direction for me to go, you know, situation. And it's a lot more nebulous than, than that. It's not just a black or white question. And sometimes I don't even actually frame it with language at all. I just sort of am thinking about the, the, the direction of life that I'm going in or whatever. And like kind of, and it it comes, um, sort of inherent with an underlying question of like, is that the right direction for me to go or not? But I, 
I don't even always frame the question. Totally. I just look at the body response in thinking about the situation. And I think you're right. And I think probably is like a muscle you develop, you just become, it's like learning to see a, a new color or something yeah. or like kind of a focus. And once you kind of get it, you start to see it more out there. And then it's like, it becomes this inherent asking and following, as you say, without even asking, you just do it. You just kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, and then I think um, you start like even something simple as a friend asked you for coffee and you might kind of have that feeling or not. Right. And it's kind of like without judging the friend, you know, maybe that's a contribution or not. Like you might get a heavy feeling yeah. if they just kind of they just ask you without even asking. Right. Or you might just kind of get an expansive thing without even asking. And um, I guess that is you mentioned gratitude, you know, a while ago. And I think that that it, I think celebrating where we already have that guidance system mm -hmm. really helps us develop it further. And I think you mentioned this, like, so to be like, well, yeah, well, you know, thank you universe for like the guidance systems I've had so far. Right. Like, yeah. thank you for that. And honoring that and being grateful for that um, helps us kind of welcome it and develop it as we kind of continue to go forward yeah because yeah. the thing with gratitude and again another topic is yeah. <laughs> you know we you can't like you can force it but you can't force it like there's the there's the we should be grateful and then there's those feelings of like gratitude Absolutely. and like feeling it and it just is a feeling and it's like it's an experience of gratitude but it's helpful to trigger those experiences of gratitude by being able to look at distinct okay you know what i did have a guidance system there right like yeah you know i did feel like it was okay to kind of potentially hold out for a new house that you thought potentially would contribute right. to you because you just yeah. felt that there was something there and I think to do those kind of gratitude, like, hell yeah, well done kind of aspect is a very important thing that we don't do enough of because, um, well, for lots of reasons, but, yeah. you know, we come by that honestly, but I think the more we do do it, obviously the bigger contribution is going to be, and it's okay though, it, in and of itself, it's easier said than done. Like I'm yeah. talking about this right now. And I realize there's lots of opportunities that I could have that to kind of feel grateful for my guidance system or know, okay, well, yeah, that kind of led us to kind of some awesome bits, but it's easier to gloss over because we have that angst or that reactivity of, okay, well, no, there's still obstacles to come yeah, for the next thing on those. Totally. So, yeah. 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 I, I totally agree. Okay. So before we run out of time, yes. We're, we're going to wrap up here in not too long, but I, I do want to touch on, like, there's a lot of systems outside our bodies too. People use pendulums, tarot cards, runes, angel cards, um, like other Oracle, um, to, you know, things. And what do you have to say about that <laughs> <laughs> lots <laughs> all right i have a, a a very distinct recollection my first um my first introduction to a pendulum was uh with you and a common friend and we were this is i don't know 15 years ago, probably. And we were walking around Victoria and trying to decide where to go for the night. And she would pull out the pendulum and it was, should we go to this bar? Nope. Should we go to this restaurant? Yep. And like literally every single decision was made with that pendulum. And she was very in tune with that, um, using that as her guidance system. Uh, and it was the first time I'd ever seen a pendulum in use. And I immediately came home and bought one and I've never been able to make it work for me like it has never been a thing that has been in any way accurate for me <laughs> so there's yeah well there's a couple things to that like one 
like I kind of come from the school of thoughts, like everything matters, nothing matters. We want to be aware of things, but, you know, as I say, not make them too significant. So we can also do a little bit of analysis by paralysis and like, okay, should I like take a breath right now? Or should I, you know, and yeah. like there's a, there's a point where you can get, you know, is this contributing to me? Yeah. But the thing I, I liked about a pendulum and I played with a pendulum too is kind of just like, well, is it, you know, clockwise or counterclockwise or is it clockwise for that person that's a positive, but it's not for me. Like, and I tried to make it logical, mm. but really what I believe a pendulum it is, it's just an instrument for that background knowing, right? And so that background knowing Absolutely. is connected to life and everything. And that that is a thing, even though it's me that's moving the hand slightly to like nudge it to go clockwise or counterclockwise. Like that- Without impulse, even realizing it. Exactly, because it's like some kind of cortical sub in the background, basically. Yeah. So I, at times I've used a pendulum. It, it was never like a huge necessary fit for me, but I can see why it is for people. Right. Mm -hmm. And I look at it is again, it's part of that background knowing acting through us to kind of let us know kind of one way or another. And, and that's even like a physical one, like it's a physical yeah. nudge kind of left or right to create a like clockwise counterclockwise. And I'm sure there's pendulum people out there that know that there's a whole other layer to it. And, and I think that's great. But again, like anything, if it's a tool that works for you, then that's awesome. That's a tool that works for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be clear, I could always make the physical things happen. It yeah. just didn't feel in any way accurate for me. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that's fair too. And I think that's also an easy one to second guess and do like, okay, let's do three out of five. Right. Or like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, kinda, yeah. like kind of bargain with it a little bit so that that can happen. But um, the, I think again, there's, there's an aspect we all have, like some people have, like, as you said, like you almost like hear a voice or so you'll see things or you'll feel things. I think we all have just like we all have different layers of our five kind of common physical senses. Yeah. I think there's layers of knowing in the background that relate to those senses, too. And we're probably have different pathways in our brain that are a little bit more adept to kind of pick up one thing or the other. Mm -hmm. So like, I think, as you said, you just kind of know. Right. And it's a feeling mm. like it's a sensation and a knowing kind of together. And I think there's some people, you know, whether or not they're, um, you know, channelers or uh, mm -hmm. you know, just different mediums or what, whatever, have yep. an auditory aspect as well yep. that they can really kind of pick up on. So I think it's really, yeah, it's just kind of what what's right kind of for you. Um, and I know we're kind of kind of getting near the end here, but the, you know, I think it's another interesting topic is when you're again, getting outside assistance too. So you can do tarot cards or you can do mm -hmm. cards and you can do them yourself. Like, Oh, okay. Well, what does life want me to know today? And, you know, again, I think that's an, it's just another tool. Our knowing is kind of picking up on, on that timeless circle of everything that so to speak. Well, and, and because with cards, when you're doing them yourself, which is like, I'm guessing kind of where you're going with this, but you're, you're pulling the cards, but then you're interpreting for them, them for yourself. So totally that becomes the connection with your own inner knowing is how you're going to interpret. Absolutely. In the lens to which you you're pulled. looking at it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then that's why it's also interesting when you go, you know, if you get assistance, you go to a reading, right? Yes. And you're going to kind of get input that way. That's another layer. And again, it's all trust, right? Because you're trusting mm -hmm. yourself to interpret it a different way. You're trusting somebody else to kind of interpret it, you know, a different way as well. And I think um, I've always kind of come from the point of view with like with readings, it's okay to kind of take what fits and, yep. you know, what doesn't, doesn't. Right. And yes, we have to look at our resistance. What am I not willing to hear? What am I resistance to? And I think it's important to ask that question. But I think it's also okay to let ourselves take what's really going to contribute to us. Mm -hmm. And that's not always going to be the whole thing, whatever it is. So I think sometimes there are pieces, you know, when you when you go and you have a reading done, tarot or whatever. I think sometimes there are pieces that you understand what the connection is at the time. And there are some pieces that maybe don't feel like they fit, but there's also the possibility that you just, it's not in your lens right now. You don't understand that connection yet. Totally. That's, that's fair that too. Comes yeah, later. totally. And then in hindsight, potentially it will. Like I think mm -hmm. sometimes people get readings and they're recorded and they'll go back to them. Yeah. Right. And later you're like, oh. 
yeah exactly yeah you know that's kind of something there too so that's kind of interesting so but just to kind of i think sum up very quickly for me again with this light and heavy and the internal guidance system and kind of getting cues as a universe and using tools to help us on our path is so valuable not only for the little nuggets that we get but also the process of removing that stickiness and the blocks that show up, not just when we're kind of trying to follow our knowing, but really that's an life. So I think fostering, you know, our connection with our intuition, if you don't want to call it that mm-hmm. is like, a, it's a very much a win-win, you know, it yeah. helps for the specific things we're trying to intuit from. But the process of developing that muscle helps us in every area of our life because yep. it helps us trust. It helps us look at the resistance sticky bits. It helps us look at our reactive bits and it helps us slow us down. And in slowing yeah. us down, that's where the real magic lies. And we can really kind yeah. of create the lives we want. I couldn't agree more. I think you summed it up beautifully. So... There we go. Thanks Here for joining go. us today. And, and there we are. <laughs> and there we are. Um, yeah, we will. Uh, thanks for joining us today. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. And I think, you know, this is a good kind of representation of what our communication with our intuition is. It's yeah. not flawless. Nope. It's best taken with a light heart. And yeah. you can get something from it. So there, there you go. Be. All right. There you be. (laughs) All right. All right. Thanks for joining our conversation today. You can head over to thisbiglifepodcast.com for all the show notes and information. If you loved what you heard here today, would you do us a favor and rate and review the show? It helps more people just like you discover these juicy conversations. And if you know someone you think would love this particular episode, you can even go ahead and share it with them right now. And if you have a topic you would love to hear us discuss, or someone you think would make a great guest for our show, you can submit your ideas using the link in the show notes. And you can always find us on Instagram, at This Big Life Podcast. Thanks again. We'll be right back here in your ears next Tuesday. See you then.